Thank God for our young people getting involved and taking care of this stuff. Now, Raven has a baby with her today uh, from school, one of those mechanical things. And I've done instructed what I'm going to do to it if it starts crying in the middle of service. I'm going to lay hands on it. Amen. You have to explain that at school when it's all said and done. Praise God. Amen. How many? I don't remember going to school and they had those mechanical babies and stuff. Y'all? <laughs> you had an egg you had to carry around. <laughs> Amen. You guys look awesome. They turn to somebody and just give them a good Holy Ghost smile this morning. Hallelujah. You look great. Don't forget tonight we're going to be at, at Crossfire at 7 o'clock. The vans, or van will be running. We're going to run at least one van. Kathy will be running that. Uh, just make sure you talk to her if you want to ride the van tonight, and she'll be glad to pick you up. Praise God. Amen. You ministers look good today. Let's give our ministry team a good hand up here on this front row. Amen. Hallelujah. We did get to go see the movie last night, Left Behind. We would encourage you to go see it or get it when it comes out on DVD, one of the two. Very uh, enlightening movie or challenging movie. It's not enlightening. We already knew what was getting ready to happen. A challenging movie. And I think uh, there will be more than that movie coming out. It will probably be a Left Behind 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and whatever. But it was very good. Good actors, and it was, it was very compelling last night. Amen. Brother Sammy, would you just stand and ask a blessing upon them? word today. Amen. Praise God. We're going to start out in Matthew. If you would stand for the reading of the first scripture, I won't make you stand for all of them, just the first one. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sold good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence... Then hath it tares. Verse 28, And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Verse 30, Let both grow together unto the harvest. And in the time of the harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. You can be seated. Amen. Luke chapter 16, verse 19, starting with verse 19. Hallelujah. Is that that baby? I'm going to pluck it up like one of these tares in a minute. <laughs> Praise God. Chapter 16. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 16, starting with verse 19. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus 
which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren there, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. One more scripture, Matthew 7. Verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for the wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. This morning I'm going to be talking about two roads, two choices that you have to make. We have two roads that we can choose, two choices that we can make. So the Bible says that there is a broad opening and there's a broad road, and this broad road leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. I need to say this right here, right now. It's good that you're here this morning. It's good that you show up to drive the vans. It's good that you clean the church. It's good that you do things for the Lord. But that will not save your soul. Somebody say amen. It's good that you do the things that around the church and, and, and to, about the Father's business. But just because you're about the Father's business does not mean that you are saved. Praise God. No more than me standing in my garage makes me a car. No more than me running out here to Anton Airport and running up and down the runway makes me an airplane. Somebody say amen. Just because you're here does not secure your trip to heaven. Turn to somebody and say, he's right. Amen. You must be born again. Shaking my hand or any one of these preachers' hands will not save you. Doing good works will not save you. Doing anything that gets you points with the Lord, you think it will not save you. There's only one way to be saved, and that is that you bow your knee 
to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and you ask Jesus to come into your heart. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's right. The only way we can be saved is by the cross, through the cross, and we must live at the cross. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So which road are we going to take? In this thing called life here on earth, we have five, five phases of life. The first phase is birth. We don't have any control. Let me tell you, Marietta Grace Lindsay did not have any control what family she was going to be born into Friday morning. You do not have a choice. You did not. You couldn't pick your family. No choice. So at birth, there is no choice. But the next phase called life is where the choices begin. Somebody say amen. The third phase is called death. And it's going to happen to all of us unless the rapture takes place. Might as well say amen. And then after death comes judgment. And then after judgment comes our destiny. On a tombstone, and I've preached this before, it may have the year, it does have the year that you were born. And we'll say just 1920, for instance. 1920. And then it has a year that you died, we'll say 1970. 50 years there. But there will be a dash in between 1920 and 1970. That dash represents our life and the choices that we made. We put a lot of emphasis on that dash, but actually the Bible says that that dash or our life is just like a vapor, here today and gone tomorrow. Now you see it, now you don't. My question to you this morning, how are you living that short dash? What stirs me up today is that there's a place called America that we live where at once there were mighty men of God, a mighty army of preachers that would stand behind the pulpit and proclaim God and proclaim sin like it is and proclaim how you can get to heaven. They would stand behind the pulpit and not be compromising, but would preach an uncompromisable gospel. Somebody say amen. So these preachers on this front row, I'm going to be charging you through this message that we as we minister as we have been called ministers of God, as we minister, we do not preach a compromising gospel. That we preach a gospel that's not compromising. Somebody say amen. Preachers, you may say amen. Praise God. Those preachers would stand behind the pulpit and tell you that there's only one way to heaven. Those preachers would stand behind a pulpit and tell you, you must be separate from the world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Those preachers would tell you, you've got to look different. You've got to act different. Talk different. Somebody say amen. Praise God. But somewhere down the line, we let the message of the gospel message, this great gospel message, get watered down to where preachers everywhere are preaching a message just to tickle your ears. Preachers, I'm charging you today, that cannot happen. Amen. That cannot happen. I'm here to tell you today, that this morning, that God is looking for a group of people whose robes are white and their heart is pure and who's looking for that glorious return of our King, who's looking for that great day called the rapture. Hallelujah. 
If we had more preachers preaching sermons about hell, we would have less people going to hell. But that's not a popular message this morning. But we need preachers that stand up and says there is a there is a real place called hell. And we're here to keep you from going there. My heart is stirred. How often do we turn the TV on or the radio on and hear messages preached about hell? It's, you don't hear it. You will hear how we can receive blessings and a prosperity message, which I love. But that's all you'll hear. You won't hear them talking about sin and you've got to quit living a certain way or you're going to hell. But we'll run and send our money to those evangelists because they tickle our ears. I want to tell you this morning, if there ever was a time to get serious about God, it's now. This thing's wrapping up, church. The end, I'm just not telling you because I went to see the movie last night. God gave me this message early in the week. But this thing is wrapping up. Rapture is going to take place. And I'm sorry to say that in this congregation, there's probably some that won't make it because you're making bad choices. We need to get off of the fence. We need to say, God, I'm for you. Jesus, you're in my heart. You're the Lord of my life. We need to quit seeing how close we can get to the world and still be saved and start seeing how far we can separate ourselves from sin and the world and call ourselves Christians. Somebody say amen to that. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We need to quit trying to live in the gray area. Get away from sin. Get away from the very appearance of evil, the Bible says. Don't even make it. I will tell you the other day, Sammy and I went to eat breakfast down at South Main Cafe. Next to South Main Cafe is a liquor store. No, Sammy didn't go to the liquor store. But we had to park at the very back of the lot. And the way we was parked to pull out, it would be a natural thing to pull out and go right by the drive through window of the liquor store. I pulled out, and I said, oh, my. Sammy was right behind me. So then I, there was an opening between two vehicles, and I, I pulled back in between those two vehicles, pulled back into the other parking lot, and then we went on out to the highway. You say, well, that's just plumb stupid. Sammy asked me when we got to church out here, he said, I know what you did. You didn't want anybody to see us going through that drive through I said, no, I didn't. The very appearance of evil, the very appearance of evil, not just doing it, but I'm talking about if it looks like you're doing it. Somebody say amen. The very, we have to abstain from the very appearance of ministers on this front row. It is imperative that every one of you abstain from the very appearance of evil. So we're not doing this just because we can be popular with people, but we don't need people out there judging us and saying it's nothing to this thing because look at them, look what they're doing. Somebody say amen. Or you can say oh me or whatever, but just help me. We got a message to preach. 
heaven or hell. Your eternity is at stake. The number one phrase in hell will be this. I missed it. The number one phrase in heaven will be, thank God, I made it. The number one word in hell is going to be help. Help. Just like the rich man was saying, help. But nobody's going to be able to come to help you. The number one word in heaven is going to be hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll be singing around the throne, hallelujah, for eternity, hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus described hell as a place of torment, of weeping and welling and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth means madness. It means you're grinding your teeth. Heaven's going to be a place of joy and gladness and peace. No more crying, no more weeping, no more pain, no more death, no more separation from loved ones. Hell's going to be a place of gnawing and and groping in darkness. No light will be there because Jesus is the light, and Jesus is not going to be there. But heaven, Jesus will be our light. We won't have any need for the S-U-N anymore. It will only have the S-O-N giving us light. Praise God. Heaven's going to be filled with prestigious people. Can you imagine just talking and saying, guess who's coming over to my house for dinner tonight? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Matthew, Mark, John. Elizabeth, Mary, they're all coming over. We're going to have a dinner party. But hell will be a place where there's dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and fornicators, according to Revelation chapter 22. People you don't want to be around. Murderers, thieves, drug dealers. But heaven will be a place of newness. You're going to look better than you've ever looked before. Somebody say amen. Turn to somebody and say, you're going to look good. But you're not going to look good as I am. God, I'm going to look better. <laughs> Hell is going to be a place of unbearable pain and torment, darkness, chaos. You'll have to bear it for eternity. No escaping the flames. No escape the sounds of those tortured and tormented souls. Remember when I got burned one time, and I've told the story before. Some of you may not have heard. Back in 1983 or 84, honey, I can't remember the exact year, but it was about that time. We were living in a mobile home and, and uh, had an acre to mow, and the owner of that land that we were renting from, he said, use my cub tractor to go out and mow. It was a big, uh, you know, like bush hog type thing. So uh, I used the tractor, and I was mowing. It was one of the hottest days of the summer, and the heat index way over 100 and I ran out of gas. And I don't know if I was delirious or just stupid. I don't know. But then I went to put the gas in, but I opened the radiator cap. And that hot radiator fluid soaked me, and my shirt was almost melted to my body. I ran into the trailer, and I got in a, before I got in the bathtub, I called one of my friends and said, Call me an ambulance. I'm burnt bad. I got in the bathtub, ran water over me. Nobody was home. Donna was at work. Candace was just thought of. She wasn't here yet. So. They called an ambulance. The ambulance got there. and I, We just lived just a little bit down from the Lighthouse Church, only, and that's only about three miles to the hospital. It seemed like it took an eternity for them to get me to the hospital, pouring stuff on me as fast as they could to stop the burning, ease the pain. 
and that was back when they had the curtains in the emergency room, not the rooms. Our assistant pastor, Brother Alvy, met us there at the hospital. I'm in, the, in this one area, and the curtains were pulled. I was screaming. It was hot. It was burning me. I can't stand it. And there was a curl in the next cubicle there, the curtain on the other side of the curtain, that heard my screams of pain and torture and the, the, the burning of it. And Brother Alvy said, I know you're hurting, but you've got to hear this. A girl just got saved because she didn't want to go to hell. She did not want to bear that pain, that torture. And if it took that to get that girl saved, so be it. Thank God I had no scars from it. I was in the hospital a few days, blind to Donna, about six months. Hell is real. Hell is real. You will be governed in hell and ruled by Satan himself. You will be separated from your loved ones, separated from any hope for any, for any change. But heaven will be a place of reunion with our loved ones. All those that we've loved and gone on, we get to see them again. But you know what? They're going to have to wait a moment when we get there. And as bad as I want to see Dad, and as bad as I want to see my real dad, you got to see Jesus first. I'm going to say, you've got to wait a minute. I gotta go see Jesus. The one who died for me. The one who took the nails for me and took the beatings for me. I've got to go see Jesus. I gotta lay whatever crown I've got, I've got to lay it down at his feet. The tragedy of all tragedies this morning. There's people all over America and the world that are making choices that's going to cause them to go to hell. You may have given your life to Jesus at one time or another, but let me tell you something. If you're living a lifestyle full of sin, if you're living a lifestyle of unforgiving, unrepented sin, let me tell you something. You're not going to the heaven I'm going to. There is, a, there is an expectancy of you to change your life. God loves you and there's much grace but you have to put forth some effort and I do believe that you can get in a place where you cannot get back to God I believe it's called a reprobate mind I believe there's a line that you cannot cross God won't leave you but you will get to that place where your heart will be so hardened that you can't get back to God I've heard story after story from ministers saying in the hospital people crying and screaming out and saying, I can't feel God. I can't feel him. I'm about to die. I can't feel him. And they go into eternity screaming that they couldn't feel the presence of God. You can get to that place. So don't play with sin. Somebody say amen. I said don't play with sin. So my question to you this morning are, where, where are you? And where is your heart? Playing with sin will bring damnation to your soul. 
Bible says no sin will enter into heaven. The Bible says some may think that they're good and they'll go and try to plead their case to God and he'll say, get away from me, I don't know you, you workers of iniquity. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that Jesus sent to us to convict us, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us, to comfort us. God, let us not forget that tugging that we felt when we first came to the altar. Let us not forget what it felt like when you were convicting us of our sins, ever. We need people that are willing to give up the world and reach out for Jesus. We need preachers like on this front row. We need preachers that are willing to stand up and preach the uncompromising word of God. We need preachers that's going to preach that sin is sin and hell is hell. Hell is hot. You don't want to go there. For the true believers of Jesus Christ, I believe the best is yet to come, don't you? I believe we're just now entering into a time of the end time revival is getting ready to happen. I believe you're going to see souls running to these altars. When we start preaching the uncompromising gospel, I believe that souls will come through that door. I believe Jesus will send souls through that door because he can say, I trust Grace Warehouse Church. I trust those ministers. When I send somebody through their door, they're going to tell them the truth. Man, I believe we're going to see a revival like we've never seen. We're going to experience a pouring out of the Holy Ghost like we've never experienced. I'm telling you, I am ready for it. Turn to somebody and say, get ready, it's coming. What America needs today is not another denomination springing up or a, a political hero that we can put our trust in or a sports hero that we can get behind and root. What America needs is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, signs, miracles, and wonders again. Hallelujah. It's time for the church to clean up. Somebody say clean up. It's time for the preachers to speak up. Hallelujah. Preachers on this front row, if you can't preach that sin will take you to hell, then you need to renounce your calling right now. You need to say, Lord, I made a mistake. You didn't really call me. If you're going to say, I'm called by God to preach this gospel, then you have got to preach sin will take you to hell. Straighten up. Walk right. Talk right. If you can't stand before and proclaim Jesus in the cross and that's the only way to make it to heaven, then we need to say we're not a preacher. Heaven or hell. It's your choice this morning. As I look at you this morning, I, I don't know. Unless, unless the Holy Ghost tells me, and, and, and that happens sometimes, that, that the Holy Ghost will tell me something about your life. It just comes with the office of being a pastor. I know things in your life. So when I come to you and I tell you the Lord has showed me something, I'm not just, just saying it to hear it. I, I'm telling you God has showed me something about you. I don't know how you are unless God tells me. I, you may put on a good front. You may come up front and shout and carry on and snot around and cry and holler. and all. You may do all that, but in your heart you still may not know Jesus Christ. Only you know that this morning. 
Jesus is coming after a pure and spotless bride, and that's us. As Candace comes to the piano this morning, five areas I want us to think about this morning. Some here, you've never given your life completely to God. You put on a good front, but you're as lost as lost can be. I'm telling you what God has told me to tell you this morning. We sang at a church in Louisville one time, and they gave an altar call, and the altar filled up. But you know who led the altar, the, the ones filling it up? The preacher of that church got saved that morning. You can put on a good front, but if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell just as much as the worst sinner out there. So some may have never given your life completely to God. This morning you're going to get ready to have a chance to do that. Some may say, sitting here right now, and you know what it is, that you have something in your life that's keeping you from being victorious and is dragging you back, and you need to get rid of it this morning. Somebody say amen. Some of you here have unforgiveness towards someone in this congregation even, or maybe outside this church, but you have unforgiveness, and it's killing you. It's like a cancer. It will kill you. You've got to give it to God today. Some of you have a hidden sin, and maybe you've suppressed it so much that it don't even bother you to do it anymore. But you better deal with it today before God deals with it. You better take care of it before God takes care of it. Somebody say amen. And I believe whatever we do, we must do it publicly. Jesus died for you on a cross publicly. We must acknowledge sin and ask for forgiveness publicly. Somebody say amen. We've got too many people wanting to say, well, I'll just get in my prayer closet. Can I tell you, every form of lifestyle out there right now in this world is coming out of their closets, and they're doing marches, and they're making what they think is real and what is good, and they're making it loud and clear, and the Christians keep going back to their closet. It's time that we come out of our secret closets and proclaim this gospel. Somebody say If all we are is a secret service Christian, I believe we're in trouble. Because when you fall in love with Jesus, you won't be able to speak loud enough. You won't be able to shout loud enough. You won't be able, you'll be telling everybody you see about Jesus. Somebody say amen. I want to be that all the time. I want to talk about my God. I want to talk about my Lord. Hallelujah. We'll talk about basketball, football, political things or whatever, but we need to change our conversation into talking about Jesus Christ. Listen, we haven't got much time. There's an urgency in my spirit today. There's an urgency in me saying we've got to be about our Father's business. We've got to get going. We've got to reach some people. We've got to see some people saved. We've got to see altars filled up with those giving their hearts to Jesus. maybe some here today that say I'm not really sure that I'm saved I want to know for sure well Matthew 10 32 and 33 says this if you will confess you if you will confess me before men I will confess you before my father but if you deny me before men I will deny you before my father confess that he is your Lord and Savior this morning
Others may say, well, if I go to the altar, what will people think? Is what people think worth going to hell over? Stepping out and coming to the altar this morning may just trigger the biggest revival we've ever seen. Come on, that's right. Hallelujah. So it's decision time this morning. We've all sinned. This is your last opportunity or could be your last opportunity to give your heart to the Lord and make things right. I remember last, uh, two years ago in October, I remember my sister-in-law shouting here in this service or we're worshiping in this service. We had a shouting time that morning and she left here 30 minutes later. She was dead. We don't know. We can't take chances. Don't gamble. Be sure where you're going to spend eternity. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and one of these things I've said hits you and you want to do something about it, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand, yes. Just raise your hand boldly. Come on. We're not going to say everybody bow your heads. I just, just be bold about it. Say, you know what? I need prayer today. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come to the altar. 